Lord, it is good to gather as a community of believers, and it is good to share each other's stories and to share your story. As we look to your word today, the beginnings of a a new church, and consider the way that they lived in community together and the way that we share in community together, I pray that we would hear a good word from you and that we would continue to live our lives interconnected and intersecting, uh, blessing each other, lifting each other up, and praising you always. Amen. The state of Texas loves their football. They take it very, very seriously. If you drive through even these small Texas towns, they have high school stadiums that look like college stadiums. They're huge because everyone in town, every Friday night, are in those stadiums. And they are there to rally around a collection of teenaged high school players who are rock stars in that town for four years. And they get a whole lot of attention. And in the city of Grapevine, Texas, a fairly affluent suburb just outside of Dallas, the football team at Faith Christian School had everything they needed to be successful. Their team was made up of 70 players, they had 11 coaches, they had the latest and greatest equipment, and they had the support of that community. And they came into a game with a record of 7-2, and two, ready to play the Gainesville State Tornadoes. Gainesville State was winless after eight games. They'd only scored two touchdowns the entire season. And the team was made up of 14 players. And if you're not a football fan, that means they had three guys sitting on the bench, while the other team had 60 fresh players that they could keep rotating in and out. And Gainesville was playing in very worn-out equipment. And they arrived after an hour-long bus ride from the north, and they stepped off the bus, and the two security guards that came with them started to take off their handcuffs because Gainesville State is a maximum security juvenile prison. And these players do not have the love and support of their community. Many of them have been abandoned by their families and disowned because these are kids who are also convicted criminals. And before the game, Faith Christian's coach cooked up a plan. He thought, what if, what if these 17 troubled men arrived in our town And they walked into our stadium, and they took their space on our field, and they felt like they mattered. So they made this big banner, one of those big paper banners, Go Tornadoes, it said. And they were able to run through that and bust through it after they got on the field. And before they reached the banner, they ran through screaming fans, 40 feet, yelling and cheering them on. 200 of Faith Christian's fans sat in the visitor's bleachers behind the tornado bench. They learned their names. They yelled out encouragement to them throughout the game. And they even stationed a group of cheerleaders on their sideline to cheer them on. And the Gainesville State Tornadoes lost the game. And they fell to 0-9. And they got beat by three touchdowns. But they did find the end zone as many times in that one game as they did in the previous eight games. Do you think 
that the love that they received pushed them to that kind of success? Do you think they felt differently and carried themselves differently and played differently, better than they had in a long time because they had a supportive community behind them? They dumped Gatorade on their coach and they danced around with their fingers pointed in the air. We're number one. Imagine that whole scene through the eyes and the ears and the hearts of those young men and what that meant to them. The teams gathered in the middle of the field for prayer after the game, and one of the tornadoes asked to lead that prayer. And here's what he said. He said, Lord, I don't know what happened. He said, so I don't know how to say thank you, but I never would have known there were so many people in the world that cared about us. And they got back on the bus, and they went back to jail. But the faith Christian fans gave them bags filled with hamburgers and french fries and candy and encouraging notes from these players that they just played against and Bibles and a sense that they mattered. Perhaps for the first time in a very long time, maybe for the first time ever. Now whether you like football or not, does that story speak to you? I get a little choked up when I think about it for a couple of reasons. I am a sports fan, and I love the underdog. I'm also a dad and a youth ministry leader who wants kids to feel like they matter. And I'm a pastor at this church, and I want this church to love people like they love those boys on that night. It's a football story, but it's about so much more than sports. So imagine yourself as one of those players the next day or 10 years down the line, what story are you telling about that night? Whether you're still in the circumstances that you were in before, or maybe you're out and living a better life, maybe you were so attracted to the way that community treated you that you sought your way out in Grapeville after you were out of that situation. Because that was a community of people that cared for you and poured their hearts out to you that night. And what if you're on the other side? What if you're a member of that school that decided for one night we're going to cheer for our opponents and we're going to make a difference for them? That's a powerful shared story and experience that would have me reflecting often on the faith and the love that we showed to those people. Parents, players, fans, fellow students, making a memory that's going to last for them forever. And today is about stories. It's about shared experiences in our community, and I want to talk about faith and living out our faith together. Sharing life and sharing stories with each other is a critical piece of growing in our faith, and it's a way of understanding what faith looks like. And today is the sixth and final message in a series where we've been looking at faith practices. We've talked about gratitude, service, and generosity. We talked about Sabbath and finding rest hospitality, justice and mercy, engaging in scripture, prayer, and listening. And today we're going to talk about celebrating, wondering, and remembering. The ways that we celebrate together, and we wonder together, and we remember together. As a community of believers sharing experiences and entering into each other's stories, just as we read in today's passage from Acts chapter 2. It's verses 42 through 47, and the title is 
the fellowship of believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. So these activities that we read about in Acts chapter 2 defined the earliest faith communities. They shared a belief in a risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and they lived out their lives together. They listened to the teaching that was handed down by the apostles, the very words of Jesus, and they were encouraged and grew in their faith with wisdom that was handed down in that community and consistently talked about. It was believers supporting believers and disciples making more disciples. And in community, they saw the ways that God was working around them. And they worshiped together regularly. And they shared meals together. And they acted together in generosity. And friends, that is what church is all about. We're thankful for this building, thankful for the people each week that prepare the music and the different elements of our service. They pour themselves into that, and that is an important piece of what we do as a church. But church is not an hour on Sunday in a building with a cross on the roof. Acting as a church happens in all those spaces between Sunday morning and the next Sunday morning, the ways that faith grows and shows itself on a daily basis. How do we celebrate what God has done and what he is doing in our individual and our collective lives? How do we honor those who have been here since the beginning and hear about their journey and the journey of the full body of believers? We need to hear stories and we need to seek that, to carry that torch together from generation to generation. So how do we celebrate and raise up the youngest members or the newest members and teach them, and learn from them, and live in community with them. There's great value in all of these faith practices that we've already explored, and I hope something along the way has spoken to you. And maybe you've been prompted to do something in a new way, finding a new way to, to express or show gratitude, to find rest, to read your Bible, to pray in a different way that's meaningful to you. Or maybe you've dedicated yourself to doing something new and different for others, a different way to show hospitality or to serve, to be generous and pursue acts of justice. But I don't want those practices to be happening just with each of us as individuals. I want us to share in those experiences and talk with each other about how our faith journey is changing us or practicing those things together. Last week, we talked about the importance of being in the Word and opening your Bible. And the statistic was four times a week is what makes that meaningful and makes a difference in your life. 
and that's someone else's statistic, and maybe that fits in with your personal experience. Maybe it doesn't. But regardless, a command to go read your Bible more is not the sole solution to a more vibrant faith. Our behavior is shaped by our values, which are shaped by our worldview, and that worldview is shaped by our relationships. The football players who boarded that bus after the game received Bibles from these strangers. But those people first showed them what faith looked like. They showed them love. That was a message just as much as the words in those Bibles, because we are built around personal relationships. And we have members in our faith community that we can walk with through that, and they can show us, as those folks in Grapevine did, what faith and love looks like, and we can follow that pointing out the ways that God has and is working in our lives and acknowledging God where he moves among us. So today, again, celebrating, wondering, and remembering. We often celebrate a wedding in a very big way. Some people will still go to the courthouse or elope to avoid all of those details, but more often than not, we have a big gathering because we want family and friends to be there with us. So we get all dressed up, We eat well, and we dance because we want to be surrounded by those who have loved us and encouraged us and shaped us along the way, because that community matters. When the pandemic hit, we had a dozen young people who were ready to stand up here and make profession of faith, and we kept delaying that because we wanted the people that influenced them in their faith to be able to be here with them. Not just to recognize that, but to show that grandpa and grandma and friends and family are central to the reason why they were standing up here on those days. Because that support community matters. And when we baptize, we make promises as a church. We stand and we say, we do God helping us. Not just to be witnesses, but to be participants in the faith journey of these new members of our church family because the community matters. And the community matters, and those things are worth celebrating, because the milestones and the memories within our church show us God's love for those who gather together each week as a community. What about wonder? I don't know if you've had an opportunity to volunteer downstairs where the children gather during our service starting next week. And they tell a little story with wooden figures and wooden pieces, a Bible story. And each time it ends the same way. The teacher starts to ask questions. They say, I wonder. I wonder what the disciples were feeling when they saw Jesus do this. Or I wonder how the people in this story, what were they thinking? How did they react when they experienced that story that we just talked about? And then it gets fun because the kids are invited to wonder. And these amazing thoughts and questions just start spilling out of them. Because unlike us sometimes, they're pure and honest and uninhibited. They'll ask any question that they have about that story. Little details about stories that we've heard a dozen times and we don't give any thought to anymore. And as adults, we might breeze right past them, but these little ones are curious. They want to know, do we still wonder like that? When we open our Bibles, 
Are we expecting to find anything new in there? Or are we just reading the same stories and the same words and expecting to find the same things that we have always found? Does God's will and God's word still capture your imagination? Are you open to that? Speaking with many of you, I've discovered that you would like to wrestle more often with issues when your thoughts and feelings do not match up with other people's thoughts and feelings within the church. When some are certain that the Bible says this is true, but you're not quite sure, or you lean in a different direction, or you're just not landing on what others suggest is an undebatable truth, or the Bible says something and it seems pretty clear, but you're not quite sure what to do with that. Are we willing to sit together and wonder about those things? Are we open to listening to each other and being open with and hearing doubts and questions and varied perspectives and be open to hearing each other and letting God move among us in that conversation? Are we comfortable with questions if we don't all or none of us land on the same answer? or we don't land on any answer at all. What in the Bible or in your faith has you excited or worried? What has you frustrated or curious? And do you talk about those things or do we just dismiss them? We need to slow down and we need to invite others and God into those kinds of conversations to be attentive to the way that God is moving in the hearts of others. And that will create deeper community and that will grow our faith. We don't need all the answers to everyone's questions to enter into a meaningful conversation like that with them, Christian or non-believer. We just need to be willing to go there and to wonder with them. And I'm sure our friends in Acts chapter 2 had a lot of questions. Jesus had just come and gone a lot of things had happened. A lot of things were said. And I can imagine them sitting there together saying, what did, what did Jesus mean when he said that? Was he really asking us to do what I think he was asking us to do? And 2,000 years later, you may read those same words and ask those same questions. And that's okay, because wonder leads us into that depth and those details together. And finally today, the power of remembering. Remembering puts all of our attention on the ways that God has come through for us and the way that he has come through for other believers in the past. We see the way that he carries us through troubles. And then we have the confidence that he can do it again, that he will do it again. How can I have hope that God will see me through if I'm having a tough time? I can listen to you as you share how he's done it for you? How can I understand the generation that's above me or below me? I can listen to their stories. And I can see the evidence of faith and God in their lives through all different types of circumstances. And within this community, within this church, there are hundreds of stories that would strengthen the faith of someone else sitting in the benches with you today. Are we sharing those stories with each other? I'm a story collector. I say sometimes too, I collect people and I collect stories because 
my experience and my faith journey is not the one that you have lived and experienced. We all have a different road. So if I meet someone new for the first time and we find some similarities and we can start connect over, over those things, that's great. But maybe our stories just, there's no crossover. But maybe I've talked to you and your story is similar to their story. And you've told me how it was and how you felt and what happened. And now I can make that connection with them. Or perhaps I can connect them with you and build that community to understand different faith journeys. The Bible is a collection of examples of how God does that, how he works through the lives of his people and through different circumstances. And the word remember is used 230 times in your Bible. It's God showing us the importance of taking the time to remember his work in our lives and in our world. And in this church, and with those examples, we have those real-life stories right here of how God continues to do that, how he is living and active and working in your lives. Joyful stories and hard stories. But those are faith-shaping stories that may just be exactly what someone else here today needs to hear from you. So as we wrap up this series and we consider the ways that we can share our faith together, I want you to consider this. What are we modeling as a faith community. What does faith look like if someone is looking at the way we live out our faith? We are in a place in time in our world where we could really use a creed to believe, a community to belong to, a call to live out, and a hope to hold on to. And those are words that came from a book titled Almost Christian. And it's a book that states that a young person's sense of belonging in a religious community, to be folded into those stories, to hear those stories, to be a part of the body, means infinitely more to their future faith than their church attendance. Their future faith and our future faith, our sense of belonging and engagement is not checking the I went to church box every Sunday. Belief goes with belonging, belief goes with action, and belief is an opportunity for our paths to cross in meaningful ways so that our belief may be strengthened by meaningful shared experiences, regular living faith encounters, and an intentional investment in each other. Because faith is not compliance with the rules, and faith is not loss prevention. We're not trying to keep people from going the way of the world. Faith is experiencing God together and growing together. Christian community is a place where we find our identity and where we feel a sense of belonging and where we live out our purpose together. And that's where we're headed next. Adam's going to be preaching the next three weeks on identity, belonging, and purpose. And in our faith formation classes, which begin next week, our middle school classes are going to follow that path, identity, belonging, and purpose. And many of our adult classes will share in that same theme. And our high schoolers are going to be rotating through connections on Sunday afternoons where we're going to focus on identity and belonging and purpose. And we're going to interact and we're going to learn and we're going to serve with each other. And we're going to do that with you too. I'm going to be inviting our seasoned citizens, our young adults, our church leadership, and other pockets of people throughout our church to join us in that because their faith and your faith will grow 
through shared stories and through shared experiences. And we need the generations in the various groups of our church to cross paths more often in more intentional ways because we need each other. Celebrating, wondering, and remembering as we love and serve the Lord together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your words in the Bible. And thank you for the living words of the people that follow you. And how their example speaks to us. And how their stories strengthen us. And I pray in a time where we need community, and we need belonging, and we need that sense of family, that you would bless us with that as a church community. That we would live and walk and serve and be together and see you working each and every day in our lives and in the lives of others. Thank you for a chance to be in community with one another. Amen.